Hello everyone and welcome back to A Pint with Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where we sit down with my dad and we try to bridge the intergenerational gap. Now, good news everyone, I'm fully recovered from Covid, so this episode comes to you on time this week. As always, Peter has an informative episode lined up for you this week. We are going to chat about football hooligans, a character called PC49, and we also find out who was the biggest exporter of cocaine in the 70s was. Our old friend Alistair Crowley gets a mention again as well. So everyone, with that taste of what's to come, let's get back to it! Do you remember good old yeah, Alistair yeah, from, yeah. from the last... So, I mean, forget that literate stuff. Nobody wants to know about that nowadays. And I, and I know you guys... I know when the audience for this benighted podcast went up, it was because of the drug references, wasn't it? People do have a fascination with drug references, don't they? I mean, I think it was your erotica dad that... Oh, is that, is that, that, what's, is that what swung <laughs> yeah. it? Right, is that what swung it? Right, okay. You think some middle-aged lady somewhere was turned on by it? Possibly. Oh, yeah. you have to give me their handle. Or <laughs> well, that'll be really good. Anyway, you remember Alistair Crowley? You remember his coke habit? Yeah. Yeah, well, what I, what I found really amazing, a hundred years ago, this... <laughs> I mean, the guy next door gets the Daily Mail. You ask the Daily Mail reader, are you, Claire? No. No, she doesn't read. She's a good, good Guardian girl there, I can tell. I mean, the, da- the Daily Mail headline in 1922, or one of them, was London is awash with undesirable aliens. So would you guys in your head get a Star Wars image there? You know, the cantina scene? Yeah. yeah. You know, the can- I mean, that to me is what undesirable alien uh, means. But... um. I sit. I when it's in the Daily Mail, I see it as um, people who aren't white. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That okay. Yeah, because um, in, interestingly, in the nineteen twenties, you, you had you had something called the Aliens Restriction Act, which you know you get a really weird images of that, don't you? The yeah. Alien Restrictions Act, and it was particularly directed at Orientals, you know, Chinese and Japanese communities. And you had this um, ridiculous myth that there was a kind of hidden, this is, this is where you're, uh, you know, we talked about conspiracy theory. Yeah. You know, we talked 20 podcasts ago about these kids being abducted and traded around the world in cupboards. Oh, yeah, Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, there are fuckers out there who believe this stuff. Um, well, back, back in 1922, um, the... Chinese and Japanese communities, there was a ridiculous myth going around that there was a hidden, exotic Chinese uh, nether world, you know, like an underground, yeah? And the stereotype, uh, you saw the Oriental as an inscrutable criminal. Now, this is what's going to interest me. Because you've come early, I haven't got the picture, but do you guys know who Fu Manchu is? Yeah. Do you? Well, how do you know Fu Manchu? I've heard him in my history podcasts oh, well, now right. i'm trying to pinpoint him he's not a real person so, yeah i'm trying to think where i've heard his name it's a made-up character he was a super villain an evil criminal genius and a mad scientist and he had the big do you know this big characteristic girls fu manchu yes what did fu manchu have big mustache yeah really really long Mustaches going right down to his nipples and a little round hat. Always makes you think of Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. If you've ever seen that film. Ah. I think, I think that plays on that image. Interesting. So when was that film made, do you think? 80s, would you say, for oh, okay. It was 86. 86. And there's also, what's the one? There's also one that is about, it's black and white. 
And it's got the dinosaur going through London. Like, do you know which one I'm on about? Wow. Do you know which film? No, I don't. I, I'm, I'm getting kind of King Kongy era um, things here. But uh, Fu Manchu, um, it, it, you had film, uh, television, radio, you had comic strip. But what's really intriguing, what's... You know, behind every cliche and stereotype, there's a great there's a grain of truth. Do you know which country was the largest exporter of cocaine in the world around that time? Can you guess? This is a really interesting piece of history. Imagine somewhere like China. Yeah, Japan. Yeah. Japan was the largest exporter, and and it was they they Japan had actually bought large areas of Peru. So a lot, a lot of the cocaine they had came from Peru. And do you know where the rest of it came from? This is quite interesting, talking about Putin and his henchmen. No, so I was going to say South America. The rest of it came from a Japanese colony that was, can you guess, Taiwan. Oh. So you had tons and tons and tons of, you know, really high-grade cocaine being shipped around the world by the Japanese. So I'll leave you with the image of Alistair Crowley, surrounded by his magical flapper girlfriends, high on Japanese speed. Balls. So I think you ought to do some cartoons of this. Well, I almost envisioned a Monty Python. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think I think you ought to do some cartoon strips <laughs> of this. But bringing you back to the present day, you know, I'm a big Nottingham Forest fan. I I was uh, dra dragooned into getting a copy of the Guardian the other week, and. Uh, <laughs> That's the, the story I, and you're sticking to it. Uh, and I saw the same story in, in the Daily Mail. I was in the shop and it, it was front page news in the Daily Mail. Moral panic of the rise of 70s style football hooliganism. Do you know about this? No. no. It, 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 actually, in, in a funny sort of masochistic way, it makes me quite, it doesn't make me glad. That's, that's very immature of me. But, it, you know, I, I, I often think to myself, working class guys... It's like an unholy trinity. It's like a triad of, of thing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what what's the working class triad of pleasures? What are they? The three things. Football. Yeah. What's that drink? The brown. Yeah. Nuki Brown. Yeah. 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 Brown. Yeah. Coke. yeah. Music, footy, and the desire to get wasted. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's cross generational. <laughs> anyway, this headline in the Daily Mail what you had was too much drink and cocaine. We're seeing a new generation of young people corrupted by their elders. Because apparently, these young football hooligans, some of which are allegedly about 12 years old, they're being groomed by guys <laughs> in their 40s and so on who who would have been hooligans in their time. And the article was pathetic because, obviously, if you're in journalism, you've got to have a few facts. Yeah, a few facts. And this this was the fact. Grimsby Town fans. Grimsby Town, yeah, I ask you. Grimsby Town fans, high on booze and cheap coke powder, smashed up Nottingham Central Station oh, no. and started what? fighting Notts County fans. Can you, can you believe it? Grimsby always yeah. been a bit... Always been a bit rough. Wow. And then another one. Uh, you've come early, so I haven't got my diary. There's another one. This links in with the metaverse. Remember we were briefly yeah, talking yeah. about the metaverse? Apparently, I think this was Daily Mail as well, the headline was something like, It's a whole new high. High street as shopping trips go psychedelic. And what these big stores in London are doing now, they have a special room. I think it's called a happiness room, something like that. And you can put a virtual reality headset on. And what it does, it, it 
puts you, it plays nice music, and they actually puff the room with nice scents and so on. Are you with me? Yeah. They give you a kind of pseudo-psychedelic experience and send you off shopping. <laughs> I think I like that. <laughs> just, just, well, just in the middle of your shopping trip, just yeah. to yeah. deep when it's busy. I mean, yeah. especially around Christmas. Yeah. 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 I'm not making this up, by the way, because, I mean, you know, because I've got the leisure to look at newspapers. I scan through them for you know, drug-type references. And what, what really interests me in this is it's kind of still regarded as being a little bit naughty but what you're doing is bringing it to the masses do you know what I mean you're yeah. kind of making it respectable I mean by the same token I, I was reading I think it's Oxford University Yale University they're doing a joint project now where they are reinvestigating psilocybin to use as a cure for um, alcoholism and so on and depression which it's is... like that story I was telling you that I heard on a podcast that they were using mushrooms to treat mental illness. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. He told me about it, it. It helps you unlock traumas, was it? Yeah, it was Joe Wicks's dad. Yeah. Joe Wicks's dad. Yeah, he's yeah. on, he on the, the trial yeah, for the trial for it. Right. You know, I sometimes see this shadowy figure in the background when I watch Joe Wicks, and all you can see is a pair of sneakers in the room, but they've got a kind of frosted glass. Do you think it's his dad going around <laughs> chew, chewing the equipment and kicking the walls and stuff? That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, I haven't been to London, obviously, for a couple of years now, but you've, you've got, I think there's definitely a Rolling Stones one. There's definitely a Beatles one that's been there a long time. And I think there's now a Queen one. It's a massive lift-off from your basic museum-type thing. It actually has interactive experiences. Yeah. And, the, and the latest one is for Bob Marley. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, when we get into talking about bands, uh, I, I was within a couple of hours of seeing Bob Marley. And we, we got there and basically we were all told to fuck off because Bob Marley he basically didn't like being in Britain it was too cold and they'd all gone home oh, to really? Jamaica yeah <laughs> really really yeah Manchester Polytechnic I, I kid mm. you not check it out but uh, what you can do now Maybe your mum and I, next time we, we go to London, we'll, we'll forsake the Tate Modern and so on. You can go, this is, again, this isn't the Daily Mail, this must be the Times. You can visit a cannabis jungle and admire Bob Marley's trainers in an interactive show. Oh, wow, me and Chris planning to go to London. Eh? We should get it on the Bloody list. hell. I mean, you, you couldn't make it up, could you? Because I mean, we've spoken before about hero worship, haven't we? I feel like nothing's a surprise no, these days. I feel like people try and make money out of anything. Yeah. After trains of Bob Marley, the star of the show, then they'll try and make... I mean, if you know that... Uh, get me a drink? Girls, please. I need to drink. I need to drink. These women, they're just around there, sitting in there, doing nothing. It's terrible. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I call these podcasts Angry Grandad, yeah, Angry Grandad podcasts. I think this is what the Guardian and Daily Mail have done to it. Yeah, this is it, yeah. Anyway, I'm going postmodern here. Switch us back so we can We're back postmodern. Chris actually stopped the tape at minute 49. Now, how spooky is that? Anyway, if I get my bread model of the British Isles I mean, this is how people in my generation happen. Do you like numerology? Do numerology is? It's having a real big thing around numbers. Well, having lucky numbers. Yeah, no, she's with it, yeah. She's with it. <laughs> but so what does forty nine 
Does 49 mean anything to you? Was it the answer to the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty close, isn't it? I think it's it was tw- I think that was 23, wasn't it? No, I think that's 40. I knew it was 40. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, PC. I mean, PC can mean podcast. PC can mean politically correct. Or PC can mean, PC. think of me and the peppermints, PC can be... Peppermint cards. Oh, <laughs> honestly. Police constable. Oh, yeah. Now, Chris, you're a, you call them cineasts now, don't you? Cineast, somebody who's really into cinema. Would, uh, you, would you call yourself a cinephile? Uh, I'd say cinephile. I'd say I like films. A cinephile. The opposite of a cinephobe. Somebody who's frightened of cinemas. Um, I want you to check this out later because you know know, I was talking earlier about comfort. Comfort. I mean, for me, as soon as you mentioned 49, there's a wonderful, wonderful series of um, comic strips featuring this police constable called PC-49. It was made into a film. Uh, Most importantly, it was a long-running radio series. Um, It shows you how things change. It takes me back, by the way. You remember I told you about when I was a very young kid, being six or seven years old, being dumped in the cinema? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to listen to this bit, Claire, if it upsets you. You remember I told you when I was a kid, my mum... Her friend was an usherette. Yeah. And she used to go and just drop me off in the afternoons at the local flea pit. You with me? Yeah. And I'd be sitting there on these kind of long velvet, ripped velvet benches watching X movies and everything as a six, seven, eight-year-old. But the ones I really liked were the PC-49 type films. Now, get this, PC-49. I like this because of the police references. He, he was a public schoolboy. Yeah? Yeah. Imagine a copper nowadays being a public schoolboy. Do you know what his name was? He was called Archibald Berkeley Willoughby. It's a good name. It's yeah, unbelievable. Name. A strong name. But he, he was my kind of... Uh, he was visible because he was up on screen, but he was kind of my screen uncle. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know how back in the day I had loads of uncles... My mum was probably having affairs with them or something. I used to call them uncles. I mean, they're really my uncles. Do you, do, you know what, do you know what his phrase was? I'm going to see if you guys have a reaction here. His catchphrase was, Oh, my Sunday helmet! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see you laughing here. Because you two, you two guys, oddly and weirdly, what do you call it where you get something out of time? Anachronistic. You see, when I was a kid, particularly when I was um, you know, a cool hippie, I wouldn't have touched those carry-on films, or indeed the Bond films, with a barge pole, funnily enough. And yet, yet you two guys, you know all the carry-on films. They know you? all the carry-on films, I but I do have, do have my favourite. You sort of watched them as kids. Yeah, I think I just watched them randomly. So when I, when oh, I, I say to, when I say to you, oh, Miss Sunday Helmet, what, you can see... What, oh, Matron. Yeah, yeah that's is, is, that, uh, is, is that a bit of a sexual innuendo thing as well? I mean, I, I, it makes me think of something. Yeah, you Sunday Helmet. But I, I've got a really good plan <laughs> here, guys, for making a bit of money. Um, <laughs> Sunday have you, have you ever watched that Viagra? advert that's on tv the one that's animated and really strange like this one isn't animated no it's a kind of Um, it it, it, i reckon it must be one sunday morning and the guy is what his bearded guy is wandering around the kitchen looking really depressed and then it it flashes upstairs and there's this woman lying on the bed with a kind of moony expression on her face looking equally depressed yeah 
Murder, have you ever no. seen this one? Oh, it's very common. No. It's probably on the side. It's probably on what the channel. Cha- what it's channels are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Channel X. No, but believe me, it's a common common advert. It's for Viagra, although they'll call it Sildenafil. And then it cuts. I know, know you're into cinema. It, it cuts to a week later and he's been out and he's he's got these tablets and he's obviously performed magnificently well. <laughs> so on this following Sunday, he's obviously totally satisfied, this woman, and they're both beaming in bed, do you know what I mean? It sounds like an advert they've come up with on The Apprentice. No, this is my link here, guys. Can you imagine suddenly the wardrobe opening and this copper coming out? <laughs> it's like, oh, my Sunday helmet is fantastic. I mean, it is a No clip. reaction, no reaction. It is no, a clip for the carry-on. <laughs> like, an, like an amiable uh, Viagra. Yeah, I mean, could are we going to sell it to Viagra? Yeah, is, that, is that, yeah, we're making money out of it. Now, I've, I've got another idea for making money, actually. It's called Pickleball. Pickleball. Have you guys heard of Pickleball? It's an American thing, Really? No, I was speaking to Andy the other night, and uh, he was telling me Pickleball's massive. If you wanted to make some money, uh, set up some Pickleball courts. You'd really like it. Anyway, when I was reading my Daily Mail, talking about a man's sex life and talking to you. I know you guys are a little bit worried about hitting 30. And when you came in, I was talking about homophones and uh, homographs, wasn't I? Yes, you were. Right, so to understand this, you've got to understand weekly, as in double E, and weekly with an EA. Are you with me? Yes. So guys, this, this is, and this actually comes from, you know those saucy... Seaside postcards. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who did most of those? It's called Donald McGill. He had to be a Scot, didn't he? Donald <laughs> McGill. This is a Donald McGill one. A man's sex life in figures. 18 years old to 25 years old. Try weekly. <laughs> 25 to 45 years old. Try weekly. 45 to 70. Try question mark. Weekly <laughs> question mark. And I think that's pretty good, don't you? Yeah, well, we like that. We like that. Anyway, anyway, PC forty nine. I I I did a bit of research. I mean, he had the. I think put your carry on hat here. Typical PC forty nine titles would be the case of the swell guy. <laughs> Do we like that? The case of the blue booties. No. Yeah, but here's my fave, and it's a great link. You know, you know what segue means, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My my favourite is called The Case of the Frightened Flower Girl. What's the Case of the Frightened, I kid you not, which is a great segue into the, you've got it, I'm going to talk about festivals and how long have we got left? Nine minutes, <laughs> here we are. So I managed to talk for 51 minutes, not on the subject, and I can have eight minutes now on the case of the frightened flower child. Okay, I mean, which, it, which, it's, which... it's where we love the podcast. We've gone from yeah. wherever we started. It's a cultural tour de force, guys. So and and I hope your girlfriends PC. impressed Chris. You probably won't be coming here again now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did pre-warn her. We did yeah, pre-warn her, okay. She can't blame us. Anyway, gentlemen, may I introduce you 
to the short-lived phenomenon of the LBC, the London Borough Council Free Festival. Yeah. I, mean, I can already see the chaos. Are you with me? Because I, I was going to subtitle this podcast. I should have done this right at the beginning. The subtitle for this podcast was Podcast 49, You're Not Alone in the End Zone, The Rise and Rise of the Festival, Bracket, or the four-year <laughs> drug trial that failed. How I found myself with my friends in some corner of the sodden field. <laughs> That's a poetry reference, by the way. Rupert Brock, the soldier, check it out. Do you know that one? I think I've heard of that. In the corner of a foreign field. In the corner of a foreign field. I just like it when he aims things at you and you don't know. So this is also, because I know you've been to Dovedale today, this is also a bit of a tribute to Barney, because I I went with Barney to all these. That's how I remember my copy of Steppenwolf, you bastard. (gasps) Uh, How he burnt it with his shit up. Check out Herman Hess later. Herman Hess was a Nobel Prize winner, by the way. That's why I think his name is. And Herman Hess books back in the day. You know, you had to have one sticking out your back pocket. So so the chicks chicks would, uh, (laughs) along with your Sartre, and you know what I mean, combat jacket but um in the early in the early 70s which is what i'm talking about here london um the parts of london we would have gone to you're talking about camden and uh notting hill and little venice you're talking west london and what you had down there i think it's important for you to know because a lot of shit going on at the moment about london being a laundromat for cash and london being full of you know well, five million, ten million wouldn't get you anything, would it? These oligarchs' palaces and so on. But what I find absolutely amazing is in the seventies, uh, you had a massive squatter scene, and it was almost um, an everyday thing down there to see squatters. So you know, if you two guys, you know, you, you got your degree, you know, you knew a few people down there, you wanted to uh, work on on your on your on your writing or your painting, whatever. All you all you do is go down there, get in touch with somebody, and squat. You know, no rent, nothing. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be. It, it, it was fascinating because a couple of weeks ago, uh, Julie likes watching called the Mod Wife. You know the one. Sunday evening. Call the big guy. And it's actually had, yeah, I like Paul Weller. And they had um, (laughs) an episode where they actually showed hippies squatting in this guy's factory. Oh. And I found it fascinating. That's for Podcast 54, isn't it? But um, in the 70s, at the underground London scene, you had the squats, you had what were called head shops. So I think Athlex Palace would, would have been a head shop. Back in the day, I think I think I mean I did come to Manchester in the seventies, but not often. Do you know the sort of stuff a head shop would sell? I'm guessing just a mixture of a load of mini shops. Yeah, that's right. Drug, not not exclusively drug paraphernalia, but also beads, uh, bangles, scarves, uh, second-hand clothing. Da 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 da. Yeah, I mean that's that's athletics now. You had. even free schools, can you believe? You had schools that were run by, you know, altruistic hippies, if you want, that were outside of the school system. And I used to uh, be really into a band called Quintessence. You can check them later. If you look at Podcast 15, uh, there's a reference to Quintessence. They were all English guys called Bert and Walter and Alf. Do you remember? Yeah. But back in the day, they all had names like Raja Ram and Krishna Voodoo and things like that. Are you with me? Well, if you check out your Quintessence albums, because I, I always joke to Julie, because, you know, I like winding people up. I often say, if I meet somebody, 
say a little bit younger than me, I, I feel like saying, yeah, I was really into the scene back then, man. I used to play tambourine for quintessence. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds believable. Yeah, I used to hit the, yeah, a bit kind of like a, a 1970s version of Bez, you know what I mean? Basically. <laughs> like one day, though, someone's going to call him out. Yeah, basically, basically a useless fucker who can bang a triangle, you know, that's what you're talking about. But um, back then, you, you, there were no coffee chains, just the old style caps. And you had weirdly, you know, you had the old style caps where you could. You know, get your bacon and it was sort of you know think with nail. Yeah, and I always go back to that. Think with nail and I. They were there, but they coexisted with um, macrobiotic food outlets and so on and so forth. Somebody will correct me on this, but I seem to remember being down there in the probably the mid seventies, and there was this old um, like a coal yard, and it was set up as Neil's yard. Have you heard of Neil's, Neil's yard? yard? Yeah, Neil's yard. Yeah, they sell macrobiotic yeah. food. It's like eight day in Manchester. So that was around in, in the 70s. They had this weird mix. Um, quite a lot of cheese. That sort of stuff, yeah. So uh, no designer sh- stores or anything like that. The girls would have, you know, if you, were, if you were from the provinces like me, if you were a girl, you would have bought your clothing from Bieber. Bieber, if you do a bit of research, Bieber was very fashionable. And also Chelsea Girl, naff names, aren't they? <laughs> but if you're a guy, there's nothing, really. Because a, a lot of guys like me, a lot of your stuff would have been army surplus. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Army surplus, army and navy stuff. Funnily enough, when I get round to talking about this concert, I was looking through some old black and white pictures, and there's a picture, it isn't Barney, but it, it could be him. It's dressed exactly like him. Remember the striped blaze? Yeah. The striped yeah, yeah. boaters blazer, yeah, he had it on. So you had you had your hippies, your beach, your mystics, your madmen, your freaks, your yippies, your Harry Krishna nuts, your 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 creatives basically, anyone who believed themselves to be a little bit uh, alternative. So I'm going to because I've got two minutes left, I'll paint a little picture for you here. Barney and I found out about these free concerts, and the free concert I'm gonna start you off on. I'm going to start off next time telling you a little bit about Fulham City, which was a model of failure, which kind of characterised the whole kind of hippie vibe, if you want. This was a free concert in London, and it featured a band called Blind Faith. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you guys like your 70s music, Blind Faith, this is another kind of meme we can follow. They wear... I'm not saying they were the first supergroup, but they must have been one of the first. So what you had, you had four individuals who, who'd found considerable success in other bands. Two of them played for a band called Cream. One of them was um, Eric Clapton. My first knowledge of Eric Clapton, I remember being, I don't know, maybe 14 or something in Stafford. And I saw this long-haired guy walking past and he had like a leather flying jacket. And on on the back of it, he'd copied it from somewhere. He he had in six-inch high letters, Clapton is God. (laughs) Clapton is God. And I'm sure he got a good thumping from a few people for doing that because it would have been regarded as, as sacrilege. And you had Ginger Baker also played for Cream. And then you had the main singer was called Stevie Winwood. He was from a band called Traffic. I do love these bands. And the other guy was a bass player 
Uh, it's from the Midlands. Well, Stevie Winwood and, and this guy, both like me from the Midlands. He came from a band called Family, who were who were really, really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you. Barney and I were standing on the M6, we're hitching, Barney's in his striped blazer, I'm in my ex-army great coat, we've got our DOS bags on <laughs> our back, because people then in those days didn't have nice rucksacks and things. Yeah. It'd be just a sleeping bag. Probably another army Surplus thing, yeah, like def- definitely. Bags. And I've told you before, I'm not going into the history of hitchhiking, but in, in the 70s, you you could hitch anywhere. You know, from listening to my India recounts, I mean, we we could have hitched from Derbyshire, where you've been today, to Islamabad. Remember that? Remember that? We got kind of attacked by some pistol wielding yeah. Pakistanis in Bulgaria. So so next time, I, I we'll be in Hyde Park. Hyde Park. We'll be in Hyde Park, and Barney and I will be in a, in a little rowing boat on the Serpentine, smoking gitan and swearing. Yeah, swearing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll call a halt. So you've, so you've got to link into the next one. Well, everyone, we are going to leave it there this week with the beginnings of another Peter and Barney adventure. Fun fact about this episode, when we were chatting about numerology and the number 49, we were at the 49th minute of recording. Maybe there is something to it. Also, I hope you didn't mind the asking for a drink break. It just had me giggling whilst recording and I just wanted to leave it in as I thought it showed my dad's humour off well. Oh, and sorry to any Grimsby fans, we are sure you are not all football hooligans. As always, we want you to join in with the conversation. Do you know the character PC49? Or do you get high on coke with football hooligans? Let us know by heading over to our Twitter using the handle at a pint with Peter. Or use our email, a pint with Peter at gmail.com. And remember to review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It will just help the podcast get noticed. Well, everyone, thanks as always for listening and on to the next one.